Hey there, welcome back to... Hey! Hey! Welcome back to... Hey! (laughs) A podcast hosted by me, Stuart Wellington, and my buddy... Alex Smith! Hey guys, we're doing a podcast, and it's called... Hey! Welcome back to... (laughs) A podcast. A podcast called... Till death. Till death. Do us party. Us party. Uh, yeah, it's your bi-weekly dose of Def Leppard uh, information, <laughs> uh, music, scholarly uh, history. dissections of uh, the most important themes in their songs and albums. Yeah, let let's get real here, guys, for a second. We're going to be spending uh-oh. the next. Yeah, we're going to be spending the next thirty or so minutes, maybe forty minutes. Going over some Def Leppard music with a fine-toothed comb, a magnifying glass of your ears, yeah. and we are going to figure out exactly what some of these Def Leppard songs are all about, and w- today we're going to be talking about the B-side of their second album, called a sophomore album, mm-hmm. uh, High and Dry. High and Dry, yep. So, uh, this is episode number four for us, right, Alex? This is. I think we're, uh, we're, we're getting things, we're getting things moving. Getting things As done. We're getting, yeah, we're, we're going <laughs> tough. And we're tough going. Uh, sure. Classic we, Def Leppard quotes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, we are, uh, we're, we're really, really starting to move here, uh, in the podcasting sense. I think our, our, uh, our scholarship has always been pretty solid. Has always pre- made, been yeah, pretty it's on. It's been super consistent. But you know what? We're getting things. Uh, <laughs> to say it again, exactly the same. We're getting things going. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I think we're getting things done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stuart has a new mic, which everyone should celebrate. Let's let's talk about this new mic for a second. Yeah, hot um, mic. Do you have a na- hot mic? Do you want to call it hot mic? I was thinking, hot mic, yeah. I was thinking you should call it Magic Mike Triple XL, unless that's already taken by something uh, That's probably else. taken by but. the porn parody of Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> no, Hot Mike would be my uh, would be my podcaster wrestling character for the WWE. I've been pitching it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Hot I'd be Mike. Uh, Hot Mike. He's uh, he's kind of a heel. Uh, yeah. He's super vain uh, because he's handsome. That's what where the hot part comes in. Well, his and, move his move would have to be something about clipping out like a hot mic. So he'd be clipping out like uh, like he'd clip you out of the ring somehow. Uh, is that some kind of technical jargon? I don't know. Clipping? Sorry, man. That yeah. That's sorry. That's like that's that's an insider term for those of us in the audio biz. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> we're really getting things going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So why don't you? We're going you guys... tough. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to this podcast. <laughs> we are about to crack open our Sony Discman, and we're going to put in, flip over our compact disc, and yep. put in side B of Def Leppard's High and Dry. It's the wide, soft... it's the widescreen side. Yep, widescreen. Yep, not the blue Sony Blu-ray disc. Uh, did they ever make? Did they ever make CDs that were that were better than normal CDs? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Do you mean like uh like they were made of gold or something? What do you no, mean? No, like the audio quality. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about like Oh, oh, you mean like you mean like HD or Blu-ray yeah, 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 compared yeah, not, to not DVD. Like, I'm not talking about uh, the quality of the artistic material contained within. Yes, there yeah, there were um there's HD audio 
CDs that came out. I was working at a record store when they started, but it was like, I mean, I think it was like 5.1 sound, like, um... That was like your similar. ecstasy in Louisville, Kentucky, right? Yep, yep, classic, classic. Man, do they do they just pay you in these high high def CDs or? I mean, they pay you, pay you I didn't have a currency. I didn't have a five point one surround for to listen to, for to listen to it. So <laughs> okay. I so I didn't uh, I didn't bother with that. But I did spend almost all of my paycheck all the time on uh, various CDs and things. So sure. um, a lot of I'm, imports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we yeah. we specialized in obscure, hard to find things and imports. Um, that unfortunately, your ecstasy is closed. R.I.P. Yeah, pour 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 a little out uh, of your forty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're really getting things going, guys. We're gonna the pop going in that. is tough. So get out your uh, your disc man or your tape player and pop in that second side. And what is the first track on side two? I think side two is uh, pretty great on this album. Side, Alex, side I don't two wanna... is side two is banging. Can we can we do a little quick summary of side A? Um, uh, yeah, why don't you ta- why don't you grab right, the we reins just, of we this just wanna, uh, donkey cart? We want to we want to do a little last time on uh, as far as because we we are do we are dealing with a continuing concept. Uh, that let as I as I stated before will will extend out over the next uh, two and a half albums by Def Leppard two and a half tapes. Uh, but uh, so I'm glad side... you said that. I thought you said two and a half hours, and I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I'm I'm getting the impression from the feedback on this that people like these episodes. The longer, the better. Uh, I, I think people want us to talk about these 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 albums as long as we possibly can. But I understand you're a very busy man. Um, I'm not. Got places to be. I'm getting things yeah, done. You are. You're you're going tough. Anyway, so the side A of High and Dry, um, it basically it painted this impressionistic and like um, subjective vision of Joe Elliott, our hero, our lead singer, our voice. He presented himself as a kind of uh, figurative Noah uh, biblical figure who's floating in in this ark uh, high and dry above the flood of mundanity and unnecessary social ties and responsibilities. He doesn't want to pay his taxes. He doesn't want to reciprocate oral sex. And he doesn't want to drink any cocktails that leave like a, 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 a sweet taste in his mouth or a lingering flavor. Uh, so we, we talked. We talked about all this on previous episodes, right? Yeah, this is what we okay. talked about the last okay. episode. I'm just bringing people up to speed, uh, okay. and then and then the end. This is where we left off. This was our cliffhanger at the end of side A. We got bringing on the heartbreak, in which Joe. Oh man! Oh in, man! What a what a banger! Oh wow! Bringing on the heartbreak. Classic tune, their breakout smash success, a uh, uh, an early hit on MTV as it was coming out. But in that song, Joe appeals directly to a pussy that he does not want to eat, uh, expressing both his love for that genitalia and his belief that it is demanding too much from him in that moment. Uh, it's taken all the best of him. No! And th- then that song... <laughs> is followed by Switch 65, which is an instrumental continuation in which Joe extremely awesomely satisfies his lover uh, with a very skillful hand maneuver that we all know as uh, Switch 65. Okay, sorry. 
that was uh, that's where we are. That is where we're where, that's where we pick up as we flip the tape over onto side B. Yeah. So previously on is done. Now previously let's get on into is the, done. Let's get into the meat of this episode. Uh, can we can we can we do a little side meat, little slice of ham, real quick? Because Stuart, sure. I got I got a lot of emails about side A. I did. <laughs> okay. So uh, got, is this the listener mail section? Yeah. Let's do a quick listener mail. I don't really want to get into this, but. The volume was kind of heavy, and it kind of deals with a pressing issue, I think. Um, okay. So I got a lot of emails about specifically talking about our interpretation of the cover of High and Dry. Uh, okay. You know, the, the stylized photo of a um, uh, 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 the, the stylized collage photo of a guy diving directly down into a dry swimming pool. Now, normally I wouldn't. Um, th- this group of people that that took issue with uh, with our interpretation. I wouldn't normally like give them a lot of airtime or anything, but there's this growing faction of the leposphere that's yep. very that's very like reactionary. And it's these men who feel like they're being oppressed and like emasculated and revised out of history. Um, and they think that the anti-establishment non-conformist interpretation of high and dry is this like revisionist BS that doesn't uh, that doesn't fit. They 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 want this album to solely be about how Joe Elliott is really cool because he doesn't eat pussy. That's what they want high and dry yeah. to be about. That's it. So they wrote me time and time again to tell me that uh, that it's obvious to them. It's super obvious to them that the meaning of the cover of a guy diving into an empty swimming pool is that it is dangerous to dive. It is bad to dive. Muff diving is bad. Like that's the whole point to them. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, so it, I mean, it, I don't agree with it, but it makes sense. Yeah. Crazy. Well, it's like the, I mean, that's the, that's the simple kind of bullheaded macho guy interpretation of that cover is that you don't dive into into strange holes, I guess. Um, and uh, and sure. personally, uh, like personally, I think okay, fine, that's probably there. I will even accept that maybe members of the band f- in, wanted it to be interpreted that way on some level. Maybe they even thought it was funny. To put it uh-huh. that way, certainly Joe Elliott like was had no qualms about expressing how he didn't want to eat pussy at this time in his life, uh, but I don't think you get any closer to objective truth by subtracting the meanings of things, and it's not that's not the only level here. That is not at all the only level here. So, I, so I just want to say, you know, what if you think our show is whatever pussified or like, you know, uh, uh, if you think we're being SJWs or something by uh, talking about deeper levels to these things, I'm I'm sorry. Maybe go listen to something else. Yeah, we should probably just stop stop reading emails from MachoManMail.com. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you have a Macho Man Mail email address. You don't need to send it to us. Also, you probably you probably shouldn't put that on your resume. Yeah, I'm gonna block. Uh, I'm gonna put right in. Have all the Macho Man one through what should I do? One through 675 will go straight to spam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how you do that. You fucking hack the net and figure that out. <laughs> yeah, you hack the net. You have to <laughs> you have to put on your hacking shoes. And, 
and uh, dive right into your computer screen and uh, and add up all those different Macho Man names. Okay, so let's talk about side B. Why don't we? Right off the gate, we got a sweet <laughs> little piece called "You Got Me Running." Banger alert! <laughs> it go a little longer than we're legally allowed to play it i'm sorry about that uh but so you got me running you is got the, me running is the song that brings us back off the cliff from uh from switch 625 uh a song about a, a song that is that it is a sexual act performed musically um so it's uh it's implied that this is a continuation of you know of how he's feeling at that moment that we've we've completed a sexual encounter, and so now he's singing. You got me running. Yeah, got me running. Where? Well, uh, what do you th- what do you think, Stuart? How you, where where are you at with this one? Uh, sorry, I was googling Macho Man Mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me running. First off, this is totally. Uh, this might be my favorite track on this album. Spoiler alert. Um, oh man, you yeah. are not. You are not. Uh, I mean, I would. I, Bringing on the heartbreak is hard to beat, but you are not wrong in that feeling because this song is amazing. This is definitely a man that's hurting a little bit from uh, from a lady. Yeah, uh, and, fr- from uh, from a lady or from multiple ladies. Oh, I um, can only assume. Yeah, I mean that's that's that kind of. I guess that goes without saying. Sometimes I think personally, with you got me running. Um, there are some clues. I mean, it like on its on its face, it seems like a sort of breakup situation, right? So you gotta, sure, you gotta. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, let's just let's lyrically let's go over verse one. Uh, I don't care too much for your backstabbing and sidestepping. You're all sweet talk. Uh, you're all lust. You're the kind I don't trust. I gotta, I gotta get out, step aside before you damage my pride. Let me through. Don't spoil my view. I gotta get away, away from you. Um, and then, um, let's, let's just go ahead and hear the chorus of it. Let's, uh, skip ahead to that. Yeah, that's a pretty straightforward little, uh, little first verse. Right. Not to diminish uh, it, but this is a first, this is a rare Def Leppard verse that is super straightforward. Yeah, super straightforward, but there are some clues in here as to, um, um, that, that complicate it a little bit as, as oh, you might, as you of, might expect. A little bit of nuance. Oh yeah, oh. a little bit of extra seasoning on that that sweet sandwich. A lot of bit of nuance, if that's possible. Is it possible to have like huge, big swabs of uh, of nuance S- slathered in nuance? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the chorus.
the way. Oh, you oh, better, you better hide. hide. Uh, that is what I would call the definition of infectious. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's um, it is. It's like a doctor, different... doctor. We have a pandemic on our hands. An infectious chorus of uh, <laughs> <laughs> worldwide magnitude. Yeah, it's um, it, it it is it's hard to beat as far as how catchy it is. It's done in a style that is a little rare for Def Leppard. I feel like this this almost has the mood more of like a Kiss song in a lot of ways. Totally. Where, um, where it's uh, it, you know, it's a little shoutier. It's a little gruffer. Um. And it almost kind of points to, in the same way that high, Saturday Night High and Dry points to, like, them maybe exploring a gruffer uh, approach to their music than what they ultimately ended up going with. Um, this song kind of sounds like maybe they were thinking about going in a little bit in that, like, whatever whatever Kiss was doing at this time, if you want to call that, like, post-glam or something like that. It's, like, like just kind of gruff, a little, a little bit more punk in spirit, but not, you know? Yeah, a little street. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. A, yeah little you know, lick it, a little lick it up. Yeah. Kiss on the streets, Dev Leopard in the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but let's let's talk about the, the lyrics there. Um, you got me running, you got me running, but I ain't gonna hide. And yesterday, everything seemed okay. Yeah, you better run and hide away. Oh, you better hide. So, sounds like a threat. Well, it is if you it is if you interpret it as a literal like interpersonal conflict, which I I think there are a lot of clues here. The way that it the way that it's like laid out, I don't think it's an interpersonal conflict. I think this is like a, um, I think this is like an existential issue. He's singing. Okay. Uh, he's certainly singing about his relationships with women, but I think this has more to do with either his reputation as a ladies' man. Because if you think about it, like if you're running literally from a woman that you have a relationship, or a bunch of women that you have relationships, and you say, "I ain't gonna hide," like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. I mean, uh, like just go ahead and hide. You could save yourself some running time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. You could. Like, uh, that's the thing. Why, uh, why? Why? Why are you acting tough? Why don't you just go do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna be spending all this time running, just man, take a break, hide for a second, like duck behind a trash can or something. Like it, it makes perfect sense to hide. That's what trash cans are for, dude. They're for raccoons to feast upon and for Joe Elliott's to hide behind. <laughs> and hiding. Let's 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 be clear about this hiding is not less tough than running i mean running's <laughs> not like running's not like cooler like literally running is not cooler than hiding so uh so you got me running but i ain't gonna hide that to me just sounds more like he's dealing with a with a dilemma in his brain so it's like he's uh so he's running from his reputation either either he's running from like his libido or he's running from his reputation as a ladies' man, and when he says "I ain't gonna hide," he wants to still be a person. He doesn't want to like disappear from the world, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He's not trying to. Uh, yeah, he's not trying to. He's not trying to get away. He's not trying to steal away. Right. He's just trying to run away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then when he says, oh, you better hide, it's like he's trying to control that part of his psyche or or that that part of his reputation, like his reputation okay. needs to hide. What do you think that's, about that? That's pretty deep. Uh, I always assumed he was he was threatening somebody else <laughs> with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah, you better hide or else uh, you're going to get it. Yeah. But, it, but, but it why is he like... why is he running away from them then? <laughs> If, if, he, if they're going to get it, if they don't hide, it's a confusing maybe, thing. If it's a literal situation, maybe when he's saying that you've got me running, it means that he's running directly toward you. <laughs> he's not going to hide. He's going <laughs> to run toward you. You better hide or else. Mm, oh, buddy. So he's like just very he's got issues with this person and he's going to uh, um, and he's going to like, I guess, take him down. Let's say figuratively, because I don't want to get like real like I don't know that seems shitty if it's like physical violence or whatever let's say figuratively he's gonna solve this problem so he's just really far away from them <laughs> and so that's why he's running is because it's taking him a long time to get to them and they yeah, better hide I away make, I think that makes sense okay so so we're saying it's either a an internal con conflict or he's just very very physically far away from the person he has a problem with at this time yeah, I think, uh, well, that's a thing. I mean, the argument that running running away is basically the same as hiding, I think the only alternative is he's got to be running toward his problems. <laughs> Towards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's the predator in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the predator is known for cloaking himself and shooting people with a laser blaster <laughs> on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, which is hiding, technically, right? I mean, that's Yeah, that's not basic, running at that's all, That's basically dude. hiding. <laughs> Does the predator run? Do you ever see the predator run? Uh, see him, like, I mean, you see him jump off of stuff and like do some parquet type stuff. Uh, parquet? <laughs> yeah, you definitely see the predator do some do some parquet. Mm, that's a more buttery style of parkour. <laughs> oh wow! I totally was saying parquet instead of parkour. <laughs> How long have you been doing that, dude? Have you wow. your parkour videos? You keep saying par introduction to parquet, dude. My my uh, the parquet group that I started is going to be really pissed when they find out it's actually parkour. That's probably why you have such a low YouTube uh, view view count is because you've been labeling it wrong. Yeah, and everybody who goes to see it just comments, "Where where the fuck is the margarine, man? What are you doing?" Mm -hmm. Where's the margarine man? <laughs> he came here where's for the, the margarine where, man. Where's the margarine man? Uh, okay, you know what I want to hear. Uh, I think the I think we've covered the the you know the ways that you can interpret this song, but uh, <laughs> there's the the solo of this is so good and yeah. also has some great quote unquote running pun intended commentary by one Joe Elliott. So listen to listen to what Joe does during the solo. Just pay attention to this for a second. We're going to 250 and you got me running.
<laughs> sounds like so, uh, sounds like that guitar solo poured some ants down that dude's pants. Yeah. One thing is for sure, and that is that Joe is running. Mm-hmm. Like he makes it pretty clear there that he's running. But I love the little uh, the little gasm that he has there over that guitar solo. That's pretty special. That's a special moment. Uh, are we done? Are we done talking? <laughs> you got me running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had our special moment. Now, uh, what do we got next? What's uh, what's the next tune on this uh, album? Lady Strange. Huh? <laughs> So uh, yeah, we got. It starts off with some sweet little mournful guitar licks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's mournful is a great word for it. This is um. This is a uh, this song. Like you imagine, you imagine somebody sitting in a windowsill. It's raining outside, and you know what? It's time for some contemplation. A little bit of reflection. Yep. It sounds like rain. The... Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, drizzling all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> time to pop a bottle of some red, maybe a bottle of white. <laughs> Have a drink you're... or two tonight. <laughs> you're at Alice's restaurant. <laughs> Uh, so this is, this song is a great example of how, um, surface level, uh, lyrics, um, can reveal almost nothing about the true nature of like a song, uh, and that it's, and, and how much mood and, um, and like, like sort of hints, musical hints can point to deeper meanings. Because if you just look at the lyrics of this, um, should we listen to the, maybe we should listen to the first verse of this. Let's go ahead and listen to the first yeah, verse Yeah, I'm going to need you to give me some examples, Alex. Okay, Stuart, here we go. Sounds like uh, he's really hitting off with this Lady Strange. Yes, he is. There's nothing in that so far that would point you to anything other... Okay, first of all, in the story of the song, in the words of the song, there's nothing that would point you to an impending sense of tragedy or that this relationship isn't going to work out, yet the song has a somber mood. There's a... There's a tragic quality to it. Even in just in saying, Lady Strange, I want you. Lady Strange, I need you. There's this, like, like it's unattainable or something, right? 
It's like when you're watching a movie and the things you're seeing are all should be happy or normal, but the music in the background is like, wait a minute, yeah. something bad's going to happen. Yeah, somebody's about to get strangled. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's something, and it's not in the song at all. Now, the other thing is, that's weird about it is he keeps talking about, uh, so verse two is, you got me where you want me, girl, so no messing around. You know I never played that hard to please. I've been here many times before and walked this sacred ground, but this time you got me on my knees. You got me. Lady Strange, Lady Strange, I want you. So that's basically, we basically covered the um, most of the lyrics there, except for in the third verse, taking love from you is like taking candy oh, from man. a baby. That's like his little aside. That's where he takes the he takes the listener aside. He's like, let's get let's get real for a second. Let's have a rap sesh. Taking love from you is like taking candy from a baby. But Lady Strange, there is no stranger lady. That's probably the best little couplet to sum up what's going on there. Because usually when you say taking something from someone's like taking candy from a baby, you're insulting them. But he's just mm -hmm. saying it. Her loving goes down real smooth, and he loves it, and it's and great. there's nothing. Nothing that gets a lady all worked up and hot and bothered like bringing up a baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> bringing up baby, starring Alex and Stewart. But then, <laughs> but then, Lady Strange. There is no stranger lady. The weirdest thing about this song is he never says he never gives you an example of why she's strange. He doesn't. She seems like, totally normal. He doesn't mention her like dinner manners or like that she's clumsy or something, you know, she like he doesn't he doesn't say she has weird posters on her walls or like she's goth or something, you know, like it's not there's no like uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't reveal a why she's so strange B wh why uh, there's this sense of doom throughout the whole I song. Like I like the way that the the woman you're describing is kind of like Zoe Deschanel, whereas mm -hmm. in my head, for a strange lady, I'm thinking the weird Catwoman from that Masters of Horror episode directed by Dario Argento, <laughs> <laughs> where Steven Weber falls in love with a weird Catwoman. Yeah. Okay. That would be. Yeah. That, that would, would. That would. That would certainly explain the strange part of it. It wouldn't exchange. It wouldn't explain why taking love from the cat lady is like taking candy from a baby. I mean, thinking back to that episode, I mean, she gives her loving away pretty easy. Yeah. But she also she also eats people. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's the maybe that's the the tragedy. But I have to do. I have to do. I have to spoil something here, Stuart. I've been doing okay. a little. Re should I've been doing I, a little research. Uh, I mean, only if you're planning on reading my forthcoming book that I've been asked to write Okay. Uh, by Penguin. <laughs> Penguin, about, okay. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, he's branching out from being a crime boss, and now he's paying <laughs> you to write books? Yeah, 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 yeah. Penguin. Not the publisher, but Penguin, <laughs> the, uh, Penguin the, the Batman the, crime boss. The Batman he, yeah. he, he called me up and he went... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's totally offensive. <laughs> he can't okay. help that. He's got from, a speech impediment. From this point on, our podcast is part of the Batman canon. Like, we're in it. <laughs> because Penguin called me and asked me to write a book about the about the song Lady Strange. I've done a little I've done a little research. And I have found it's a, this is a popular song. I should say like for um for like hysterians, like young hysterians doing their doing their um little term papers. This is like uh Romeo and Juliet for young hysterians basically because it's like okay. I don't know. 
it's it's that level of um accessibility but mystery at the same time yeah. anyway uh let me just say from my research i am almost a hundred percent certain that this song is about princess diana <laughs> okay that Joe Sorry Elliott. It's been it's it's only been a few years. It's been it. a long day for you. <laughs> it's been a long day. So and maybe you better just, put me to bed soon. <laughs> and you just found out that Joe Elliott had an affair in uh, uh, in like eighty eighty one, w- right before she got married to Prince Charles. She was banging Joe Elliott. Okay. And that's what this. That's. What I think it, you're cheapening their romance a little. <laughs> I'm, yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry that I I'm trying to keep things light here, but it is very it is very heavy. <laughs> it is very heavy subject because because uh, the thing is this album came out the same month that Princess Diana got married. Oh, uh, and so that sense of gloom, that sense of impending tragedy, like I think it was he was he knew it was coming, like his affair, like their affair was going to be a, a more and more of a problem. Uh, and uh or, or at the very least they were never going to go public and at, at the very he may have they may have still been together at this point but there's still that sense that you know when you're when you're the other when you're the other guy when it's prince charles yeah. princess die and you um but the uh and and that and what i think the lady strange thing means uh why he's calling princess die strange is I, I plain and simple i think it's a neg i think he's negging her I think that's why oh, she. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's why she liked him is because he was. Everybody else is saying, "Oh, you're so beautiful. You're so perfect. You're royalty. You're gonna marry the future king of England. You're great." And he's just you, like, "You're kind of strange." People tell her, "You know what? You hold on to your love like a baby who doesn't want to give up that candy." And he says, "Man, it's just so easy loving you, but you're kind of weird." Mm-hmm. Your taste in movies is bizarre. Yep. That, you love I'm, Donnie Darko for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that's basically my my current theory. I need to do a lot more research. I need to like, you know, get get some uh spend some time at the uh whatever the British Library of Congress is called. <laughs> it's probably it's probably that. It's probably British Library of Congress. <laughs> It's called the it's called the Library of Parliament or something. It's, it's called Union Jacks, a British library. It's called the book the book glory of Parliament. Okay, I think this bit is done. Let's yep, move you're on. Ghost on past that. <laughs> Let's do some ghosting all the way <laughs> to the third track on this album. Right off the back, we got right off the back, right out the gate. We got immediately, uh, immediately on top of the gate. We got on through the night. <laughs> Galloping. So this is probably the point where you're like, wait a minute. They put the title track for the last album on this album? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Uh, how do you, what do you think happened, Alex? Uh, well, I mean, you could say that maybe 
they wrote on through the night for the album on through the night and mm-hmm. that it it just didn't make the cut but they liked the name okay. uh, that's that'd be the like the simplest answer to that uh the more cynical um the more cynical theory would be that uh maybe they maybe they thought if they put on through the night on this album that it would confuse people and make them buy on through the night okay but wouldn't people think that uh, the album On Through the Night would just be the single version of this song? Well, but still, they would buy it, right? I mean, I yeah, guess I, mean, I bought a lot people, of singles when yeah, I was people a kid. Were, people were snatching up singles left and right. Like the, like the Green Jello single. Oh, man. It's great. With, uh, House, House was... of Pain Jump Around. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the... Uh, but I, I I think the reason I think the reason it's called on through the night and I ch- I choose to I choose to ignore those possibly more practical explanations because um, I think this song is actually I think this song is about the album on through the night the song is about them becoming big it's autobiographical it's about it, it seems to be the lyrics are all about the um, the tour for on through the night. Oh, so I guess I guess I'm looking forward to the next album when they have a song high, called High and Dry. High and dry. Yeah, yeah. Well, that didn't come out until the 90s in Radiohead. They gave that song to Radiohead. Although they did have a they did have a song earlier on this album where they used the phrase high and dry a couple times. Mhm. High. Yep. So, let's get into this first verse, Alex. What's going on here? What's this song about? The wait is done, the battle's won, so count the cost before you run, because on and on, your time was power, the clock on the wall ticks away the hours. Um, that's just that's just nonsense, right? I mean, come on down, you're flying high, you'll never win if you never try, stop the hate and carry the load, come on, get this show on the road. Then we kind of get where we're going. Like, it's a, it's a bunch of angry non sequiturs about, come on, let's get this going, let's get this moving. Sort of like how we've been with our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting things done. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, and then on through the night, you can't stop me now. On through the night, you won't stop me anyhow. Um, there's a lot, lot of lot of attitude there. Yeah. Um, this is th- this might be. I I think this song is great, but it's probably my least favorite of the songs on the album. Um. But I think that it's also a necessary. Uh, it, it's a necessary bit. It's like a touchstone where you 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 get uh, you get a, a whole because there's less like sort of biographical information on this album than there was on the last one. This like kind of sure. brings you up to speed. Okay, so it's kind of taking you to where they're at in the mo in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for abbreviating that and then explaining what the abbreviation <laughs> meant. Uh, <laughs> The stakes uh, Ian, are... <laughs> I'm just letting you know for future times if I say in future times if I say mo that means moment. Yeah, I'm saving us time in the future. You can in also say times. in few. You can just say in few, uh, and I'll know that you uh, mean in future times. Few is a word that exists already. <laughs> mo but means it... either moment or more, depending on uh, depending on the situation. Like the movie Mo Money means moment money. Are you saying few doesn't always mean? In future times, you say oh, when people say "few," they don't mean f- future times. I thought it's they say that when they're super relieved that something bad didn't happen. 
<laughs> yeah. Phew. Yeah. So. P-H-E-U. Like, like the band. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm flat on my face and you call me a liar. I'm watching you. You're watching me. You're watching every move that I can see. My reputation's still at, si- at stake. I play it safe for safety's sake. These are like, uh, I-, I mean, trying to like peg down the exact situations or the exact moments that he would be having these thoughts. Your ego and your promises. He's like doing a bunch of, he's saying stuff at people. I feel like these are just collected thoughts that he had in frustration on a tour where he's trying to connect with the audience, but there's probably a lot of other shit going on. There's probably a lot of delays. There's probably, like, travel issues. Uh, there's contract issues. He mentions contracts later in the song. I, I think that this is just about... Basically, everything in here can be chalked up to frustrations of being on the road, being a young man, kind of trapped in this touring rigmarole, and, uh, and, and trying to be yourself throughout it. Uh, well, Alex, I think you are 100% correct in your analysis. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. You know, I appreciate that. You know, we've, we don't argue a lot on this podcast and you know why? Because you're right most of the time. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a, it, it's weighted a little in my favor that with that we, we chose the subject that I have studied with a passion for so much of my adult life. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's why they, they call you an expert. Yeah. Uh, so, or a spurt, if you, you know, if you, if you want to be abbreviatory about it. Oh, we're doing that some more, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're right back in that. Uh, do you you have any... We wasted enough mo's on this whole thing. Well, okay. All right. All right, Stuart. All right. If you want to start calling me on this, what, uh, what, what moments, what mo's of, (laughs) of on through the night would you like to discuss? Is there anything like this? Like I said, this musically is not, is not my favorite moment on the album, but, uh, is there anything in here that you want to listen to that you want to talk about? There's, there's one thing I want to talk about and that is the sweet ass breakdown that Joe Elliott pulls in the middle. I was hoping you'd say that. (laughs) I was hoping you'd say that. Uh, so you're talking about at two minutes, the breakdown, uh, I, I think we're on the same. You're all you want to hear is the audience applause. That's what you're talking about. That's all I want to hear from you, Alex. Okay. Is to play that part. All right, let me do that. This is right at two minutes, uh, for those uh, playing along at home. Here we go. What is a country clause? All right, that's another uh, a country clause. <laughs> country clause. <laughs> that's that's another place where I think the uh, uh, the the lyrics have been um, distorted over time. 
because it's okay, it's clearly yeah, yeah. it's the, the line there is clear. Let's let somebody somebody mess with the hieroglyphics of the lyric sheet. Yeah, or there there was a yeah there was an ambiguous word on the Rosetta Stone that that led to multiple meanings of this. But you can't get on stage for a country club for a country club. <laughs> <laughs> So they, that immediately brings to mind that they're being asked to be like hillbilly Santa Claus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or that they're performing for one hillbilly Santa Claus. You can't get on stage <laughs> when there's one guy out. Now, all right, this could be really awesome if what he's saying is they're backstage at a show and they've looked out, they peeked through the curtain, and all they've seen is a hillbilly Santa, one hillbilly Santa Claus. Uh, but... Sitting out, sitting on a throne made of dead reindeer, <laughs> or just a barrel or something, you know, like a country clause. Uh, yeah, your your version's a lot less dark. <laughs> well, it is around Christmas time. I don't really want to think about dead reindeer right now. But uh, uh, no, the line is clearly: you can't get on stage for a contract clause. He's clearly saying contract clause. Um, and now, would that be a version of Santa Claus where he's like a banker or a lawyer? <laughs> uh, it could be. It certainly could be. But in this case, I think he means uh, uh, we're getting on stage to hear the audience applause, not because you have written this contract that pays us or whatever. Like, not because of the business. We're not in this for the business. We are in this to hear people clap. For us, the selfless act that we're yep. performing is so that people will clap for us. Okay, well, we had a, we had a sound little breakdown in the middle of that song. That was awesome. We got some more shit. And, uh, yeah, you're right. We, uh, we wrap this up and we move forward. Mm-hmm. Just like Def Leppard, we're going to continue on through the night on the album High and Dry. So what's the next song, Alex? This one is called Mirror, Mirror. <laughs> Mirror, mirror, just watching with your eye of glass. You're just a fortune wheel with something that I want to ask. That's the Def Leppard I love. Yeah. Really deep lyrics. Like the idea that a mirror has eyeballs made out of glass. Mm-hmm. Or that it's watching you. That the, mm-hmm. that the, that the person in the mirror... Ah, uh, shit. The person in the... Person in the mirror. There's never been a song called that. Well, I mean... I, Look, Stuart, I'm just feeling a little... I wanted to say the person in the mirror is looking at you from the mirror world, but I, I'm i feeling a little bit hamstrung by your contractual obligation to not talk about the mirror world. The the um, Yeah, the, I'm, I, I'm legally not allowed to talk about it. You should be kind of cool about that, Alex, because that is a side project of mine, and it yeah. does kind of pay my bills. I do, and by bills, I mean doesn't pay my bills. I do hate it when your side project, uh, can we just say what it is? Can we just say the flop, the flop house? 
Hey guys, uh, listeners to Till Death Do Us Party. I, Stuart Wellington, am a, a co host of another podcast. I guess this is the plugs part of the podcast, um, where I talk can you about call a bad it, Can movie. you please call it a side podcast? Can yeah. you not call it like I guess we can call another, it a side podcast. I'd prefer it if you didn't call it like another podcast, as though it's like of, you know, of like equal weight. Like yeah, you wake yeah, up in yeah. the morning and you're like, you know, you've got two you know, dumbbells and they're both the same weight. I mean, this is the heavy dumbbell. And then, uh, yeah, normally when I get up in the morning, I just grab my dumbbells. <laughs> yeah. I've, go, I've been go there, into the bathroom. I've seen it happen. I've seen you, I've seen you walk through your apartment holding I two try, dumbbells, I pumping them up into the air. <laughs> One is very small and, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and very, uh, very light. And the other one is very heavy and I want to be the heavy one. I'm just saying I want to be the heavy one. Yeah, but the problem is that as soon as I get into the bathroom, I have to put the heavy one down so I can unzip my trousers uh-huh. to take my morning urination. Okay. So, sorry, uh, a little blue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty cool. I didn't really need to know that know that part of it. I always assumed that you went in and you just kept pumping your your fists up into the air, holding your two dumbbells, and then you looked into the mirror and mm-hmm. you asked the fortune wheel of the mirror. Yeah, that's uh, why. I, that's why you can hear me moaning loudly when yeah. I go into the bathroom and saying, "Take a look into my eyes. Tell me what you see. Take a look into my eyes. Tell me, is it true? Take a look into my eyes. Oh, when I look at you, take a look into my eyes. Tell me, is it me? Is it really me? Is it really me? Is that that's now not, one of the that's great not things what about you say song. to yourself in the mirror every morning as you pump your uh, your dumbbells? I do a lot of pumping. So one of the things I love about this song, Alex, uh, it's called Mirror Mirror, but it also has the title in parentheses, Look Into My Eyes. Look Into My Eyes. Which is great, because that's a great way to name a song, because now people can know it by two completely different names. Mm-hmm. So if people Google Mirror Mirror or Google Look Into My Eyes, they're going to get the same song. Yeah, it's like more bang for your buck, more title for your dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are going to know it by two different names. So, but remember, guys, for canon, because that's the important thing about this podcast, is it is mirror, mirror, parentheses, look into my eyes, close parentheses. Yes. Uh, and can I, I've just read the lyrics to the, um, to the chorus, but let's go ahead and listen to that chorus, because it's, it's where, it's the, it's where everything comes together. So let's hear yep. that real quick. It's going to set the night on fire. All right, style-wise, let's 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 acknowledge two things here. One, this is a classic Def Leppard album track. It's a it, it has a a mood that I think um, that that comes up a lot with really really good album tracks of Def Leppards. Where you know this is never this was never going to be the single. You know this was never going to be the big hit song from High and Dry. But it's super solid. 
it's super catchy in its own way, but in a little bit more of an offbeat way that I that I love and that I think makes it a really, really solid album cut in the same <clears throat> way that Answer to the Master is uh, an album cut. The other thing style-wise um, is you've got the 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 primary hook of the chorus is being sung as like backup singers and Joe is responding. So it's take a look into my eyes, like a bunch of people singing that. And then he goes, tell me what you see. He like sings in response to that. And yeah. that is that is classic Def Leppard chorus writing right there. That's how they they do that a lot from here on out. Mm hmm. Yeah, those gang vocals followed by his response. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you peel away the audio file in those gang vocals, there's like three or four Joe Elliott snuck in the mix. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but but I think... A little bit of studio wizardry. Yeah. Um, though it's a great moment when you... When, when, uh, when well, you know, at this point it would have been uh, Steve and Pete Willis like walking up to their mics to sing those backing vocals and then Joe responding to it. It's like a, it's like a, it's, it's like a Greek chorus immediately followed by Joe bringing some like individual humanity to the thought. There's like a universal, uh, like interacting with the individual. It's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. 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 And you're talking about the stage show. And I imagine during this part of the stage show, they would also have a, uh, you know, like a, like a roadie or something, in dressed in all in black, carrying out a large mirror that Joe is singing to. Sure, yeah, that would probably have like uh, like the time does in uh, in Purple Rain. Yeah, and the crowd is going crazy. He, at has, this point. he has the guy dancing there that's just holding the mirror for him. Um, so, oh, uh, but I, I, I neglected to mention when I said that at this point Steve, Pete and Steve would be walking up to the mics. Uh, Important important side note as far as backing vocals go. Rick Savage, uh, the you know br probably the spiritual backbone of the band. Rick Savage uh, wears a uh, wears a head mic throughout the whole show. I don't remember if he was doing it at this point, but he's singing backup vocal pretty much the whole time, and he doesn't have, even have to walk up to a mic to do it. He can just be wherever he is with his bass, singing along with a little. Uh, with a little yeah, enjoying, heads, headset mic, like he's uh, like he's and, taking customer service calls at the same time. Yeah, enjoying a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. Stu, what do you think this song's about? Um, I'm assuming that it's about a guy, uh, a man, who is asking the man in the mirror if he's going to change his ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, 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 in a very similar... Uh, vain to answer to the master, the penultimate song of the last album. These these two have yeah. so much in common, and they're both the second to last song on the first two albums. So it's kind of that's kind of an interesting. It's parallel. like a math math problem, or it's like or, a like a scientific formula, or a Star Wars movie where you know like a Star War, like a, yeah, like one of the Star War, um, <laughs> like the clone yeah. one or the or the droid one. Um, this chorus, take a look into my eyes, tell me what you see, take a look into my eyes, tell me is it true, I'm sorry, I know I read this already, take a look into my eyes, or when I look at you, take a look into my eyes, tell me is it me, is it really me, that's some like MC Escher level, like complicated, 
Uh, like, if you tried to diagram that out, that would be super complicated, right? Yep, that's fair. It would be very challenging. The alien geometries of it yep. might drive you insane. Uh, when you look into my eyes, do you see me? Saying that into the mirror who has the same eyes as you is it's super complicated. But what I think he's getting at here, uh, you know, we, th- we talked about uh, Answer to the Master um, on On Through the Night. We talked about how that's a song about self-determination. And you just mentioned Man in the Mirror. Similarly, a song about how who's going to change my life for the better. It's got to be me. And so I'm looking in the mirror and I'm doing that. I think this song is kind of the other side, the flip side of the coin to that, where he's actually, he talks about smashing the glass. He talks about, um, he keeps calling this, uh, he keeps calling somebody a juggler. What's going on there, dude? (laughs) It's weird. He's, well, he's talking to himself and I think he's saying like, you're trying so hard. You're doing all these things. We're coming out of on through the night. So he's, he's frustrated. He's on tour. He's dealing with all these frustrations, and he's he's saying, you're a fool, you're a juggler, um, you're a fortune wheel with something that I want to ask, um, you're hanging there with that crack in your eye, you're imperfect, you're flawed. And so he wants to smash the glass, he wants to smash his imperfections, but how do you do that, Stuart? How do you get rid of your own imperfections? Do you think that's possible? Uh... I mean, usually I try to fix my imperfections by drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one way. And, and just rocking out, dude. Just like yeah. being a rock star and banging a lot of chicks. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, okay. I'm, so you're a lot like Joe Elliott. You're more so than I even realized. I mean, I thought you were like a... Ma- yeah, he's kind of he's kind of a template. I thought you were he's like a, a married guy with like a job and responsibilities and stuff. But you're, but you're a rock star who's like banging lots of chicks and stuff. I didn't know, I didn't know that. Constantly. Um, that's yeah. Cool. I mean, uh, this is difficult because if my wife listens to this podcast, she's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, what, I mean, what are we? Fifty minutes into this thing? Do you think she's gonna make it this far? <laughs> no, yeah, she's like, I haven't heard my name yet. I'm not interested. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we what, we we have good. We have a lot of fun on this podcast. <laughs> we do. Uh, so. But what I'm saying is like the um, the the way that you fix all of your imperfections, at least in the world of this song. I don't necessarily agree with it, but the way that Joe Elliott is suggesting you fix your imperfections is you smash the glass. You stop looking in the mirror. You stop trying to change yourself. You eliminate Mm -hmm. self-reflection from your life. And that's all part of this overall, this overarching like selfish kind of like self-determined uh forceful i'm a rock star vibe that he's got going on throughout this whole thing yeah he, he brings a little bit of sw- he brings a little bit of swagger yeah but then this is the moment where he you know he steps back he says you know what there's a lot of there's a lot of deep shit going on behind these eyes a lot of pain yeah so he's not he's no longer going to be looking into the mirror and seeing a fool or a juggler a hangman or a lover, he's not going to see these things anymore because he's not going to bother to look. He's going to just smash that, smash that glass. He's going to smash that glass right up. So that's what this song's about. Uh, there is a super cool solo in this that I want to go ahead and just get to. I, if there's anything else you want to say about this song, I think we should just we should just crank this solo up because it's bad. Let's, let's let's put a pin in this motherfucker and just play that solo, dude. All right, so we are going to two oh six for this. Banging ass solo. (laughs) 
what can you say about that besides it fucking rocks and is awesome? Uh, I think you're totally right. And it's time for us to get to the very last song of this album titled No, No, No. No. When actually. No, no, no. When I kind of feel like it should be called, wait for it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> She was a foxy rocks, foxy rocker, a roxy roller, an unchained probably sex fo- machine. Yeah, she's probably a foxy rockser too. Yeah, what's a rockser? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, no, no. Uh, the last song on uh, High and Dry, the album by the Death last Leopard. chapter in the book. The last chapter in this book, and pretty much. On its face, just another, uh, like the first song, just another classic Joe Elliott. We've been on an adventure, but we get to the last song and we're still in that same. He just doesn't want to eat pussy. Uh, that's what. Oh, it's like a wheel always turning back around to. Yeah. Yeah. An interest in that. Yeah. He just, he, I, the chorus is, uh, she said go, but I said no. So she said she keeps saying go down on me, and he keeps saying no. And then the chorus like, is no, just, keep sipping your tequila. Yeah. Um. Uh. I kept saying no, 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 no. I kept saying no, 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 no. Let's um. Uh, we'll talk about the lyrics a little bit more in a second, but uh, I think hearing this, hearing this chorus is essential to getting the vibe, uh, and how he. F- how strongly he still feels that he does not want to go down on a lady or especially this lady. All right, and back into the very, um, uh, again, kind of reminiscent of ACDC, just really, um, just really driving, driving uh, hard rocking riffs there. Yeah, and I think the second verse, you get a little bit more, uh, you, 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 we uncover another, another layer to this onion, mm-hmm. another, another page to this mystery. Sure. Because it turns out that this girl who's pressing him, putting a full court press on this Joe Elliott, Turns out she's only 17. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, that's right. 17. Oh, wait. Um, oh, right, 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 right. Uh, wait a minute. Alex, do you think do you think she's going to be old enough if he calls her bluff? Uh, I don't know. I, I think um, when we say she's only 17, it's important to remember. And I, I said this in the last episode, and I, and I just want to reiterate it again. Uh we're talking about a a uh, a different time here. You know what I mean? Uh there was a there was a different president as I said before. Uh there was also a different pope as I said before. 
Uh, and and a guy basically writing a song about how crazy this 17-year-old girl he's banging is um uh, it you know this was this was much more accepted back then this was um you know this we we have to separate the art uh not just from the artist but also from the time in which it was presented you know like hey like Take it as a historical artifact, dude. Yeah, and like, and also, you know what? Pick a different battle. It's like, yes, Last of the Mohicans is pretty racist toward Native Americans, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's a product of its time. It's got a, it's just got a great story. Daniel Day Lewis, what a hunk! Yeah, much. The yeah. guy, this West is the- duty. What a bad guy. He's like dripping charisma all over the screen. Yeah, dripping, dripping charisma. That's that. This is the last of the Mohicans of the songs on this album. Uh, in that you got to accept it for what it is and just and just ride it out. Um, yeah, just just trust your body on this one, guys. Now I will I will levy a criticism at it. I will and, Whoa. and this. Uh, so I'll, I'll I'll give you one. Um, I, li- listen to these. Listen to these phrases he uses to describe this this lady um she was a foxy rocker a roxy roller an unchained sex machine um high class dealer slip sipping her tequila jeez i'm having trouble talking coming on pretty strong real love stealer rebel rousing squealer uh (laughs) she looked pretty neat turning on the heat i was winding her up bringing her down uh it's High class dealer sipping on tequila, rhythm stealer, rattle off squealer. I I think he's laying the slut shaming on a little thick here, and I have to say he's we've already he's just slathering it on, you know. Yeah, he sure is. He sure is. Uh, It's nuance. He's slathering on big, 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 (laughs) (laughs) just big chunks of nuance here. Just sopping it up, sopping up the nuance. Yeah, big, fat Belgian waffles of nuance here that he's just just rubbing around all over it. So I don't think he needs to explain. It it seems a little heavy-handed to me uh, to... To be like this girl is has been around and she's had some fun times, and she's but she's only seventeen and she's a questionable uh, she's she's of a questionable character. You don't need to explain all that. You've already said that you don't eat pussy, so like just leave it at that. You don't got to slut shame this girl who's just having fun. She's seventeen. She's like finding out about the world, you know. So that's that's what I would what I would say about it. You should celebrate her. Uh, Freewheeling nature, her life, yeah, her spirit, yeah. And again, again, the age thing. Again, we're talking about a different time. But in today's years, this seventeen-year-old girl would probably be what? What do you think? Like forty, forty-two, forty-three? Uh, if she was alive today, yeah, easily forty-three. <laughs> Wait, she died. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> She's dead. I didn't realize she said because she was pretty young in 1981. As different a time that was. No, she just kept drinking. She was drinking tequila at 17. I mean, that's yeah, and a high class dealer. Which though that's a you can fall from that pretty easily. You can fall from being a high class dealer. Um, So yeah, to a low a low class squealer. Let's um let's hear the very. I I I don't um I don't need to. I think that's pretty simple. This song is a pretty simple plea once again 
for uh, Joe Elliott to not um, to not have to go down on a woman. So let's let's just hear the end of it, um, which is re- I think is really cool. And and it's it's the bow that he that he ties on this package. The bow that's called high and dry. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. But it also is the if if side A's switch six two five was a cliffhanger leading us into side B, this is um this is like a setup for a sequel uh in Pyromania, which we're gonna be talking about on our next episode. Um, Pyromania is uh an album by Def Leppard. It's the next it's third Def album. Leppard album. So here, let's hear the end of No 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 and and listen to where soul wise, listen to where Joe Elliott is uh as we leave the the as we leave high and dry listen listen to where he is uh in his own personal struggle and his own personal journey all right here we go So clearly, he is running away, shouting "No, no, no!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly because um, you I, hear the nose disappearing in the distance. The nose are disappearing. You got into him the running. Distance. He's not going to hide. He's just going to run away, shouting "No, no, no!" A reasonable person could presume that uh, that this means he's uh, abandoning women. He doesn't think they're worth it. Uh, and 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 that is kind of the 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 ambig like it's a little more ambiguous than that but that's kind of the question you should be asking yourself as you prepare to study pyromania yeah it's it's a it's the difficult middle chapter you know you always got to end with some kind of a cliffhanger this is the dark second act like empire strikes back yeah well i mean pyromania is the empire strikes back of the three albums but um Take it easy, dude. We're not there yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. But yeah, uh, we we'll continue that argument when we uh, talk about Pyromania in two weeks. Yes. Uh, so uh, right around Christmas time, buddy. Hmm. Christmas time. Oh, we're gonna people are gonna crack open their stockings and they're gonna find a episode in there. Yep. Titled Pyromania. Yep. Uh, this is, of course, I, I, I'm not being I'm not being as inclusive as I should be, but we're talking about uh, we're talking about the band of England. So let's talk. Let's let's use the holiday, the winter holiday of England as well. Boxing Day. Yeah, which is a subset of Christmas. Sure. So uh, I guess this is the part of the podcast where we say thank you for listening and we move on to uh, a little bit of background. I've been Stuart Wellington. I am a uh, host of the podcast, The Flophouse. That's Mm -hmm. my side project. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter at at FlophouseCat. And you should. And uh, if you live in Brooklyn, you can come visit me at the bar that I work at, which is Commonwealth. I work on Sunday and Monday afternoons. Yeah. Um, And uh, I mean, pretty soon you will have your own bar open too, called Hinterlands. Someday. 
I, I think, uh, I think yeah. it's, we can be optimistic and say that like some people listening to this, by the time they've gotten to this episode, Hinterlands will be open. Yeah, when the aliens come to the dead planet Earth and find a pod, uh, a podcast player, some kind of Zune that has this podcast on it, <laughs> yeah, they'll Zune. be able to come to the site, the former site of Hinterlands. Yeah, because people who ha- still have Zunes, it takes them forever to get around to uh, to listen to listening to recent podcasts. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I'm Alex Smith, and I am uh, I, I'm. At Lydia Burrell on Twitter, which is uh, Lydia like a woman's name, and then B U R R E L L. I am uh, also Hal Dotty on uh, like if you look up Hal Dotty videos on YouTube, I make uh, I make little kind of funny music videos. Um, yeah, you got albums on uh, on Bandcamp, right? I got albums. On, uh, Lydia Burrell, my band also has my band and my songwriting project also has videos on uh, on or er, has. Uh, albums on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, all that stuff. Also, Bandcamp. I should have some new releases coming out by the time this episode drops. I should have Lydia Burrell should have a Christmas tune out um, called "Christmas mm-hmm. Morning." Um, it's kind of a somber but optimistic acoustical thing. And then, uh, and then Hal Dottie should have a new video out called "Handsome Boy." So yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Alex Smith. I'm Stuart Wellington. Thank you! Thank you!